You are listening to the sound of, of freedom. freedom. Welcome to Talk Sucker. This is season three, episode 22 or something. We're not really keeping it's, count. It's 22. We're definitely certain that this is episode 22. Okay. And welcome to it. The thing is, I call the last one 20A. So in theory, sure. It's okay. Don't worry. We edit out all this chaff. Okay. As always, I'm P. And as sometimes, I'm joined by... Leah. And now newly by... James. Cool. I think that we've done the show with other people before, but I can't yeah. remember. We haven't had James on the show before, but yeah. we've mentioned him for yeah. sure. He's often we mention him. Good right. things, I hope. Yeah. I don't I th- listen, so. I think almost <laughs> always good things. Sometimes we mention so sometimes something that bad you, things. Sometimes we mention something that you might not like, like mouth sounds. I like the album Mouth Sounds by Neil Sisigula. Theme yeah. song. <laughs> Okay, that was our Pulitzer Prize winning theme. Okay, so it's been a while. It's been such a long time since we've done the last show. The last time we were doing a show, I just listened to an episode. We were talking about Drag Race, and I was like, geez, Vanjie, she's not going to last long, is she? And I was like, oh my god, how long ago was this? <laughs> Vanjie was on. Yeah, it was so long ago that you mentioned that I was starting to be paranoid about the virus and like it spreading and it causing a pandemic. No, it was so long ago. It was before that existed. We were just talking hypothetically yeah. about if a virus broke out, and I was like, as if. And then I was like, obviously that could happen, but yeah. really unlikely. <laughs> I was like, it's really unlikely. And this, uh, I said one of the drag queens from British Drag Race was going to go home. I can't remember. Yeah. Veruca, what was her name? Vivian? <laughs> Akira. Vivian Benet. Akira. Vivian Benet, is that what you said? Vivian Benet, she was on season like yeah. two. Oh, yeah. Oh, the Vivian, season is that four. who I'm thinking about? Yeah. Vivian. Yeah. Oh, the Vivian. Whenever I hear the name Vivian in British accent, I think of young ones and not Drag Race. I don't know how long ago that was. So much queer stuff has happened. I think we just start with what we've been watching now and go backwards, right? Yeah. As long as possible. One thing that I saw today just a little while ago was that this new Polish president was elected and the members of parliament or whatever, MPs, is that what MP stands for? Mm-hmm. Okay. The MPs dressed up in rainbow colors to make like a pride flag to protest him. I mean, he was getting sworn in, so I guess an impotent protest in some ways, but <laughs> it was colorful. That's pretty. Yeah. yeah. There were no men in it. There were all the women MPs. Huh. All of them? All of the people in the photograph for making the rainbow flag were women. I don't know what percentage of the MPs of Poland are women, you know? Sorry. But you're holding a phone. I am, but why would it? Hey, I Google. <laughs> What percentage of MPs in Poland are women? She doesn't listen to you. (laughs) It's not just her. (laughs) Should I get my phone? Yeah, probably. That way you can look stuff up. Well, that was James. Now on with the podcast. He's such a stickler for facts and figures. Yeah. Right? Anyway, um, I hope you guys enjoyed season two, which uh, presumably either just aired or aired a while ago, and you're now finding out about season three. I really felt like it was important for us to release season two because it harkened back to a time that was better and it was fun to reminisce to like before the before, virus before the virus yeah and we, so, we hope it brought you happiness yeah. and stuff some blithely foolish things we said yeah yeah anyway i think it's pretty cool that the polish mps dressed like a rainbow flag you know 
Although, again, as I said, apparently they voted in this homophobic president, so who knows what they'll do. But how much power do Prime po- Minister or President? President, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, okay. I don't know how Poland works, but typically a president is not elected directly by the MPs? I don't know. Well, I don't think I don't think he was elected by the MPs, but he was elected. You know, so that's what I'm saying. It's like, sure, you can protest if there's a homophobic president being sworn in, but there's also a homophobic president being sworn in, you know? Mm. Yeah. So it's bittersweet is that how you describe it i I guess but you sell a lot of rainbow merchandise so you know there's an upside i guess so stimulates the economy (laughs) that's what we need right now everyone needs help especially the people that make rainbow flag stuff 29 percent of Poland's mps are women really there was only maybe 12 people in the photo i can't remember so but the room looked a lot bigger than 36 so Hmm. who knows well, who knows who else was there? I don't know yeah. who gets invited to the, what the guest list is for this kind of event, you know? Yeah. Have you ever met a president? No. When I was a child, I thought that anyone in a suit was George W. Bush. H.W. Bush. That's cool. So That's I'd be cool. like at the mall just being like, Mom, <laughs> Dad, it's the president. That is funny. And it was just some schlub in a suit. <laughs> oh, man. George Bush won. Remember him? Mm-mm. He died, not of the virus, but semi-recently-ish. Well, yeah, but how much power does a Polish president have? Because we did another thing. In Poland, I think quite a lot. (laughs) Sure, compared to the regular Polish citizen. But I mean, in general, because there was another place where I think Sudan and they're a kingdom or something. They by decree made homosexuality a crime that was punishable by death. And so the last time we recorded about it, we were like, who gets to say? Like, two neighbors hate you? And they're like, oh, he's totally gay. Now, I think they got too much backlash. They made homosexuality no longer punishable by death, but same-sex relations are still criminal, and you can go to prison for seven years. That's our update on the Sudan Sudan homosexuality law. Uh, The Polish president has veto power, but it can be overridden by a 60% vote. Ooh, that's 60% that didn't dress as rainbow flags. <laughs> that's 61%, actually, I think, if you said 29 or female, and at most 29% dressed in rainbow flag colors. Mm-hmm. There's one Polish guy with rainbow suspenders in the back being like, I'm here too! <laughs> <laughs> what would have been more offensive, a Polish, <laughs> a Polish accent or that gay accent? Mm, you should do both. I'm here too. I, my, my Polish would just be like a knockoff Russian. Just do <laughs> Knock off Russian with a lisp. I'm here too doesn't sound good with a lisp, though. It sounds only good in like catty, like, ah, oh, uh, <laughs> I'm a gay on TV 30 years ago, or whatever. I am a gay on TV. Th- no, I'm just sounding like, uh, what's her face from. Do it again? Uh, Nadia. Oh, Nadia <laughs> from uh, What We Do in the Shadows? Yeah. That's a great show. Is there queer stuff in that? Yeah. What's the queer stuff in What We Do in the Shadows? Like, uh, Laszlo is, like, bisexual, and he's, like, often hooking up with men and, like, talking about men. In, like, one of the most recent episodes, Laszlo hooked up with the long-haired guy. What's his name? Uh, The long-haired vampire. Nandor? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, they, like, jacked off together or something like that. I don't remember that right now. Is jacking off together hooking up? Eh. It depends. But Laszlo seems like a sex addict. That seems like part of his character. They're always referencing that he has sex with anyone and anything. Yeah. Like, I think he's had more inanimate sexual encounters than gay ones on the show, probably. Yeah. Yeah. I think the only one he's had on the show is with a bat. Hmm. Well... So, I don't remember the gay stuff and what we do in the shadows. Is that bad? It's such a good show. Hasn't it gotten so much better? Yeah. Yeah. I rewatched the movie recently, and it was almost like I felt like I was 
it was with someone who'd watched the show and liked it but hadn't seen the movie and it almost felt like it was kind of like you just have to do this so that you can watch it but not really because it's great like the show is great i feel like skip the movie and just the first episode covers most of the premise of the movie and the tv show there's a lot of overlap in the jokes too that's true there are one or two jokes from the movie that i thought were kind of cute i guess the you're eating me too which is why i didn't like it Wait, what? There were one or two moments in the movie. I thought uh, were cute. That's it, yeah. There were a couple that I thought were maybe worth it if you really loved the vampire genre. Is that something vampires are yeah. always in, right? Vampires it's... are always in the vampire genre. <laughs> but I mean, the vampire genre is always in, right? Yep. Is it evergreen? Is that what we'd say? I don't know. I think like they went out of style for a while. When? After Lost Boys. After Lost Boys? But after Lost Boys, it wasn't very many years until the first Buffy movie. I think there were fewer But the than Buffy movie wasn't very popular. You have to wait till the Buffy TV show. You've heard the theory about vampires are popular under Democratic presidents and zombies under Republican presidents. Really? So right now we should be in a zombie phase. Yep, that's true. Weird. According to the theory. And also the pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> I had a friend that was in a zombie TV show that never got picked up. And the problem is vampires was... can be sexy. You know... You're frozen in time. Zombies are the opposite. You yeah. instantly start aging and decaying and falling apart. Yeah. In this proposed world, people came back to life. So your wife would show up at the door who'd been dead and she just looked like disgusting and you're supposed to have a relationship. And I was like, that's the problem. Like everyone's like, I wish I could have my loved ones back, but no one wants them back the way they currently are right now it's in be- that moment. You know? So it was a monkey's paw movie? It was a TV show. So... But it wasn't really a monkey's paw TV show. It was more like zombification happened, and then it was trying to be sort of like a... It was just maybe too early for its time, because it was trying to be one of those shows where, how are we dealing with this? It's so weird that, you know, like one of those shows where almost everyone dies, or this and that. But in this case, it was the dead come back to life, and it's like, you know, unresolved business and whatnot. I mean, it never got picked up, so who cares? Zombies just can't be sexy, because they're falling apart. And have... What about iZombie? They had sexy zombies. I think that's a outlier sure in general it's tough to make zombies sexy in general but the cw can do it oh the cw (laughs) can do anything the cw should do the sexy mummy movie we had an idea for a sexy cw show a teen show would be full of every different type of monster and the mummy would always be like pushing his shaggy like bandages out of his eyes like it's like dreamy long hair that'd be such a great show i'd be into it who wouldn't watch it who is your favorite B? My favorite yeah. monster to be on the show? Yeah, it's like a teen monster. Who do you think you'd be most into? Oh, of course, the wolf man. <laughs> I can't, or a werewolf, right? I can't believe I didn't even think about it, right? Yeah, Leo is a furry. Ah? <laughs> uh? Wait, are you called a fur- What do they call you if you just like furries, but you're not a furry? Like, if you're like, oh, no, I'm bald? No, what is it? What's the opposite of furry? Smooth? <laughs> I'm smooth, but I'm into furries. What would you call that? This isn't what I actually am, by the way. I'm furry into furry. Just kidding. Although, what would your fursona be? What would your fursona be? Raccoon? Raccoon. I yeah. knew it. I knew it. Smart, He's, clever. Wears glasses. Dexter, dexterous, wears glasses, lives in his own filth. Yeah. <laughs> what else? Raccoons are one of those animals that when I see them far away, I'm like, they look cute and kind of cuddly. I bet they could be friendly. And then every inch closer they get, I'm like, oh, they look big. Oh, their claws are sharp. Get away from me, you know? And I'm just like freaked out. <laughs> I love them. They're, I used to walk at night a bunch and back when walking was a thing. 
and there were raccoons around all the time, but they never, you know, Rac- came out at me. They were never scary. Yeah. And then I saw one that was just like staring at me and it was like standing in the street and it was like maintaining focus on me and like pivoting as I'm walking. I wasn't going towards it. I was just going kind of like perpendicular to it. And it just was like, Grr. and then all of a sudden I saw like three raccoon, like tiny little raccoon babies, like popping out of the grate with their heads up and then two more under a car, like coming down. That is cute. It sounds it like adorable. an attraction at Disney suddenly. They're all <laughs> popping out to look at you. Right. Raccoons are one of my favorite street animals to happen upon because they immediately look at you. They're so aware. They instantly decide you're not a threat or a challenge. Go back to whatever they're rifling through, you know? Mm-hmm. Whereas like possums, you see them and they look hideous and scared and like running away. <laughs> <laughs> and cats always like run away from you. Oh. Also, whenever I see what is commonly a domesticated animal, I'm scared because I'm like, why are they wandering around in the street? Oh, yeah. The worst is probably skunks. Those, you know, you have to keep a large margin if you see skunks walking around. I think mountain lions are the worst. Oh, true. Mountain lions are pretty rough, but they're not often seen anywhere that we really live. Sometimes. Remember we saw the two? We did see two and they were big. Right. Jeez. They were going to church though, so they must have been good. They were so big, I talked about it. Until we got home, I kept on being like, are we fine? They were big. If people go to church, I don't assume they're good. But if mountain lions go, I assume, you know, there's got to be something up, right? I guess. Unless the churchgoers are capturing them. The thing with skunks is also they can be scary to happen upon because if you startle them, like, they'll ruin what you're doing and wearing and everything like that. I had lots of skunks, and I lived in Los Feliz, and there were skunks everywhere there. So when I'd go to my door, I'd jingle my keys a whole bunch because I was like, I surprised the skunk one time, and, like, I that's enough for me. Like, I want <laughs> them to know I'm coming from several feet away. I'm one of those people that, like, isn't affected by skunk spray, apparently. Wait, what? <laughs> like, I don't think it smells that bad. You know, when I was a kid, not I like had... dead skunk. I know yeah. that smells, you know, not pleasant, but like actual like the spray, skunk spray. the sprays like a freshly sprayed dog, like everyone's retching, and I'm like, really? I could smell it, like I'm not nose blind or whatever. Yeah, yeah. but interesting. And it was strong, but it wasn't particularly unpleasant. Because huh. I've had friends get sprayed, and they're like, I washed my clothes a hundred times. I had to throw them out. Nothing will ever get the smell out. They're like, you're lucky to get it off your body. You, you bathe in tomato. That, they said that that's real, and I was like, okay. But who knows? Either way, like, I think that it, even the faint but lingering and ongoing smell of skunk would drive someone, if not crazy, at least you'd be, like, bored of it. Although we stop smelling things if we smell it for a long time, yeah. right? Why are we all looking at Leo? <laughs> what would your fursona be, Leo? Uh, dog. Just any dog? Husky. Pug. Yeah. <laughs> pug, husky mix. A pugski. <laughs> a hug? Aw. Aw. <laughs> Is that what they're called? God, the thing would look weird, I guess, right? <laughs> yeah. My favorite mixed breed dogs are the corgis. They look like a corgi is disguised as another type of dog, but they just look yeah. so adorable and cute. No. And I, again, don't have a fursona because I'm a smoothie into furry. And <laughs> You're already an animal. <laughs> One of the queer things that we were going to talk about was we always talk about representations of queerness on TV and the shows we're watching. And one show that we're watching now during the quarantine is It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And they talk about gayness semi-regularly, right? I think one of the characters comes out later. Yeah, we haven't gotten there We're yet. Not there yet. We're, We're only season in season six seven. or seven. Yeah. yeah. How do you feel about the way they talk about gayness so far? It hasn't really come up except for that one episode. <laughs> really? That's it? They had the gay, they had the transgender character. That's right. That uh, Mac was dating for a while. And they're really flip about that. Yeah. 
the character is not offensive, but they talk about her in some pretty horrific ways, and they treat her pretty terribly. Yeah. And lots of it is played for the ghoulish laughs that, oh, someone would be queer, or someone would, you know their genitalia wouldn't match up with what you imagine or with what you think. Yeah. The thing with that is I guess I'd want to see where it goes with uh, Mac because I think he's the one that you say comes out as gay, right? I don't know for sure, but that's just my guess. I guess I'd want to see how it goes if they ever have a reckoning where they're like, the way I felt or what I was saying was because of XYZ, how I felt about myself. and I feel like character growth is not in the cards. Hmm. That being said, they're pretty cool about queerness, which I feel they're from a sort of... They're from Philly, which I don't know how many people are very familiar with Philly. It's a bit of a rough old school city, you know? It was one of the places when they were having protests where people were coming out in the streets as a mob to quote-unquote protect their property. And I was like, is that what they want to do? Or they just are like itching for a fight and they're like, oh, poor colored people, even though they're poor, sometimes not colored people. You know what I mean in Philly? And so part of me is like, that's actually such a very forward stance where they're like, oh, we're okay with gayness. But then they talk about it in such like horrifyingly like... You're talking about the strip club episode now. Yeah, and in the strip club episode, they bring a business associate to a strip bar because they want to show him a good time. And he's like, I'm gay. And he's also like, I thought you were bringing me to dinner. And they're like, there's a buffet here. And he's like, well, I'm gay. And then they have a conversation about their perceptions of homosexuality, where they're describing what a bear is and what a twink is. And that those are the only two options, bear or twink. Although, credit, they said that they could be a twink top or a bear bottom. But only if you're a power bottom, what was also yes, part so of that. <laughs> bear could be a top or a power bottom. Yeah. Well, because the issue was that the top is in control, and they said that not always, that sometimes the bottom's in control, if he is a power bottom, right? And that he generates power, and speed is the name of the game, right? (laughs) Speed is key. I mean, it's all about the speed. Speed is the name of the game. It lets the top know how much power, or how much uh, force and pressure they should use, yeah. Do you think that anyone believes that, or were they just saying ridiculous things? Or do you think that they were like, is that what it's like? (laughs) I have seen straight people act like this, so... (laughs) I'll say this. Part of me likes that things are so much more open now, you know? Because sometimes you would be, you know, a kid and it would feel like you'd know someone for so long in like a square setting, like an office setting or work or this and that. And then they would like reveal some sort of hideous, like homophobic comment. And you'd be like, oh my God, I thought you weren't hateful for so long, you know? And now it's kind of the other side of the coin where like a lame woman at your office would be like, so are you a top? And it's like, that's a little bit goofy. But sometimes I'm like, well, that's at least goofy that I'm not that scared of it's better to be annoyed than to be like i'm scared no yeah i don't know i've still had people that i'm surprised at their political stances james and i went to hang out with his dad and have a meal one time and he was like don't start talking about politics and i was like oh no he's a trump supporter and james was like oh no the opposite he just gets so worked up talking about how he hates trump because he's a bit of an old school guy who has that some you know I always use old school as a bit of a euphemism for, you know, racist. racist. He's not very racist, though. He's more misogynistic and just like old timey, you know? Yeah. Although I could see. Misogynistic is strong, but not entirely inaccurate. Um, More chauvinistic, maybe. That's true. That's true. The thing is. Like, he likes strong women. He thinks that's adorable. (laughs) He relies on them. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. Yeah. And, like, he's not. Like, he's not. He often says, like. Oh, say hello to your household. Yeah. Like, okay. 
husband? And I could imagine him also, like, being like, and I, again, I don't want anyone to think that he actually would say anything like this or we've seen him, but where he'd be like, oh, it's good that, like, they're, you know, doing better for themselves. Like, a sweeping thing about, like, another race that you'd be like, it's not, he's not hateful, but something about it is a bit anachronistic and a bit old-timey. Oh, he you know? definitely does the not-all-white people thing. Wait, what's the not-all-white people thing? Like, saying, like, if you talk about systemic racism, you're just like, well, not all white people, I'm good. Like, no, no, this is a systemic problem. Yeah. Like, you can't just say, I'm not responsible. I'm not racist. Like, how is that helping? Yeah. What do you think? You've never met him, right? Mm -mm. What do you think about when older people, like, is there an age limit? Because in my head, sometimes before when I was younger, I'd be like, well, they're saying something that is somewhere on the ghastly threshold. Guess he's a Pokemon. But I'd be like, they're like 70, you know? So I'd be like a 70-year-old telling me that they don't think lesbianism exists to me is different than a 30 year old being like i don't get it you know to me i'm just like they come from a different era a 70 year old was like a teen in the 60s well this was maybe when i was a kid and maybe 80 but you know what i mean just in general someone being older and being like you know at a decade they were you know in their 20s during the 60s like that's prime activism yeah, years. that's true. What was wrong with them? Yeah. Were they, like, the only loser not getting laid in the 60s? Did people in the 60s have a lot of sex? I wasn't there. Yeah, you'd have to tell us that. <laughs> <laughs> true. I do think that some of the ways that they talk on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia make me feel like it was written for the American conversation going on now. Like, the very first episode, which I didn't remember was the first episode, was about how they get racist. And it's not because they're hateful. It's just their strange fascination with, you know, race issues and things like that, you know? Well, I think it also purposely straddles the line where someone with a more progressive or liberal bent listening to it will be like oh those people are so horrible it's hilarious it's making fun of how horrible they are where people who are more on the horrible side of the political spectrum will say like oh i identify with them they're just like me they're an everyman leo what do you think you think that's accurate mm, maybe because definitely i feel like i've known people who act like that like straight people and stuff i think that's definitely on a lot of shows try to specifically straddle in court with their terrible characters like Arrested Development. One time while working on something, someone was, the concept of a character who is racially insensitive came up. And I was like, it's not that I think that that's bad, to be honest with you. Because look at Bluth, what was the Lucille name? Bluth. Lucille Bluth. She was truly horrible. The things that she'd say were just so casually racist. And I was like, but she seems awful. It's not like they're saying she's such a great person, she's racist, or, you know what I mean? They were showing like, how horrible she is in so many aspects, you know? Did you see Arrested Development? Yeah. You think she's uh, horrible? Yeah. Yeah. Does anyone not? Like, could you watch that show and be like, she's not horrible? No, I think that it's possible to take that too far. Like, who do you think takes it too far? Or who do you think is on the wrong side of the threshold? Bojack? Bojack? I don't... Hmm. No, I don't think... I don't agree, but... Why? What does Bojack do? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) If that's an example. <laughs> just naming it. I'm just na- yeah. I, I couldn't think of anyone. Hmm. Well. I'm looking some up, sorry. Alright, no, that's cool. We'll just keep jabbering for a second. Oh, that's right. So I haven't haven't seen it. I just heard about that and have been reading about it. But uh Mrs. America where Kate Blanchett plays Phyllis Shafley. Yeah. And everybody's like, Oh, she's like lovably bitchy and horrible. Oh really? 
yeah, and that, I'm like that actual woman because Phyllis Schlafler, whatever her name is, she's actually a nightmare, right? Yeah, she's awful and terrible in so many ways. And like, if you're portraying her as horrible, it shouldn't be Lucille Bluth lovable horrible. In the show or movie, she was portrayed as lovable. Not lo- you know, as Lucille Bluthy or gotcha. I don't remember even what she did, but she seemed like a nightmare. And then I think one of her children is totally gay. Even though she was, she was like for one of these people that was like her organization was about how America should be proper and gay people aren't, right? Yeah, she was pretty everything horrible, but yeah. homophobic was tops of her list. Top three, yeah, that's cool. One thing that I thought was cool about Dick Cheney was that he was always like cool with homosexuals because he's like my daughter is gay. Yeah, I mean he still exploited homophobia to win the vice presidency, but you know, yeah. He didn't actually speak out against gay people or actively campaign against them like other people. Yeah. I watched the movie about Cheney some months ago, and they had a scene where he was talking to George W. Bush and the team, and they were like, we know you've got to sit some of these out because of your family situation. And he, at one point when they were like courting him, he was like, I absolutely won't talk badly about it or try and press for things against it because this and that. And I thought that that was pretty cool. That's weird because that movie humanized Cheney for me a little bit. I was like, oh, wow, he was just like a great businessman, super powerful. He seemed like so smart. Yeah, that's... What was the other one? Iron Lady with the... The pearls are (laughs) non-negotiable. That was a clip from Iron Lady. We have to pay for that. (laughs) Yeah, Meryl Streep. Playing Peg Thatcher. Yeah. I don't know anything about her. She's just one of these figures from when I was a kid. She seems more like a cartoon than a human, like Ronald Reagan. He was president when I was a kid, but I was like, you know, he just seemed like a guy with hair that said stuff. (laughs) No? I mean, about 40% of all people. (laughs) I suppose. I suppose. Yeah. So in general, with It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, I don't think that they're hateful. And I think that they're smart enough to show that what they're doing is, you know, that they're The writers, the actors, or the characters? That they're looking horrible. I mean, the show in general, as the characters come off because of the way that they're written. I think that the writers are aware that... This is a bold stance that the characters aren't terrible. That they're looking clunky. No, the the characters are terrible as people, but at their heart, they're not hateful and i feel like there's a definite line because i feel like someone could be truly flawed and unintelligent in this and that and they make some mistakes or they constantly are doing things that are hilariously bad because lots of people are like he was a good man he like worked to support his family as a cop and like you're talking about a racist cop that's like gotten in trouble tons of times for like all of these abuses and they'll be like he was a good man protecting his family they always say that i think it's such nonsense is there a tv character you think that goes the other way like they're uh, portrayed as a good person but they're actually a terrible person like at their heart they're a terrible person hmm i'd have to think about it for a while oh mr belvedere <laughs> <laughs> Imagine. Well, I had the thought that in The Sound of Music, one of the nuns is so annoyed by Sister Maria or Fräulein, whatever her name is, that I was like, wouldn't it be so funny? Because at one point in one of the songs, she's like, says she's a demon or something like that. Mm-hmm. If that woman, when she was super duper old, like Maria came back to torment her and she's like, you truly were a demon, you know? And like Maria had just been there to hector her. A character that people think is good, but that is actually terrible. Yeah, it's portrayed as good, but it's kind of actually awful. Mm-hmm. Thinking maybe shows that haven't aged well. Oh, I was looking up stuff about Sam and Diane and like just listening to clips of them, you know, banter and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he like gets real close to like abuse. I think they do slap each other once, but there's a number of times where he's like physically imposing and threatening. Really? Yeah. And I'm like, if this came off as like 
simmering tension. Like, sure, there was sexual tension, but it was, like, not okay. I don't know. The kind of tension in a jail where you're like, a fight's gonna break out at any moment? Yeah, and there may be humping involved, but it's not... Steve Carell said at some point sort of recently, because people were like, oh, they should remake The Office, and he was like, I do not think it would go over well right now. I guess because of the whole Me Too stuff, even though he was horrible and, like, in some ways, but to me, that's it. Like, you know, Steve Carell, or, you know, Steve Carell, The Office guy is one of those characters where he's sweet but you know so troubled and makes so many mistakes and like you know his uh that's what she said right that's what his thing right that's clunky but it's not hateful you know i don't know i think a hostile work environment is a bad thing <laughs> i obviously my opinion was the opposite because of what i said <laughs> no but i think it's one of those things where like that's the line where i'm like see to me it's kind of like making fun of someone who has that kind of like clunky sense of humor or what have you but not being like he's horrible because of anything he seems like he was a good partner and attentive and like loving a bit of a carpet i guess doormat is it a carpet or a doormat doormat can a partner be a carpet or is that not a thing <laughs> i think that just refers to like if their pubic hair, grooming yeah yeah like he'd be like does the carpet match the drapes right that's what that guy from an office would say what's today's office drone who can't be truly offensive how do they get around being offensive james is the only one who's recently worked at an office lately you've never worked in an office right never yeah so what is today's horrible office person like i think just like mansplainy i think that's that's the big one. I think it really depends on the industry you're in and your specific workplace. I'm sure there are all sorts of creative ways for people to be terrible. That's true. All right, what about this? You guys answer this. Would you rather have someone who is kind of like a Steve Carell... What's that guy from The Office? What's his character called? Jim? No, Jim's the guy that's... I just gave James a Jim look. He's Jim's the one that's always mugging at the camera, the boss. What was his... Michael? Right? Michael. Uh, Diane? Jim and Diane, right? No, Michael. I'm talking about The Office. Oh. I did not watch it's that. Jim and Pam. Pam. But would you rather have is someone... Is Pam? Who, Pam is the woman. I'm talking about Steve Carell's character. Michael? I think Michael. Michael Knight? No. I think that's the guy who drives the Knight Rider. Kit? <laughs> Kit was the guy... Kit the, is the, the car... bastard from Game of Thrones. Kit is the car from Knight Rider. I obviously said K-I-T-T. <laughs> Because we were talking about Michael Knight. Michael. That's my impression. Oh, is that of who Kit. Kit Harrington is named after? Michael. I think the thing is, is that would you rather have someone like that who's always like, that's what she said, or oh, what you get up to this weekend, you know, like elbowing you in the ribs? Or would you rather have someone that comes in and is like, well, at my church, we do this. And like, anytime you say something, they like give you like a look and they're just like silent or they slightly try and, you know show you the light as close as they can get to proselytizing without proselytizing in the office because that's not allowed right a couple jobs ago i had a person who worked next to me who was a witness jehovah's witness and she was great very friendly didn't try to proselytize at all except for one time a guy came into the front counter and was trying to put all these copies of the watchtower there and i was like uh you you can't put these here and he did anyway and so i was just like took him and i was gonna throw him away but i'm like is that offensive to Sandra? I like. Hmm. So I went and I'm like, hey, someone put these there. I don't know if I should throw them away. And she's like, oh, no, you can throw them away. Ugh, did you get a look at them? Like, who? These are like three months old. He shouldn't be putting these out anyway. That's weird. Do you think he was casing the joint? I don't know. But then she was like, yeah, I'll throw them out for you. Unless. 
unless <laughs> she kind of held one up to me and i'm like i just shook my head like no no thank you that's like, fine. no I, I figured okay no no yeah but it was the only time she ever made any kind of religious overture towards me <laughs> man i can't imagine reading a pamphlet and changing my religion what a pamphlet that would be <laughs> good grief move over common sense is that what it's called <laughs> a new pamphlet is here did you read any of those old chick tracks? They were super funny, like where the teenager would be listening to heavy metal and like doing satanic stuff or whatever. Yeah, yeah those like funny. the D&D one is the most famous one. That's the one that I first read because yeah. obvious reasons. Yeah. But they're all like a character commits suicide after their character dies. Oh, really? Yeah. Because if you die in D&D, you die in real life. If you commit suicide. Oh, yeah. The character died. And then, like, the group was like, hand me your character sheet. And then, like, shunned them and made them leave. And then they hung themselves later that night. That is so... It was... Funny. (laughs) Much cooler than the D&D games I went to. Yeah, really? (laughs) I always feel like the idea... Although significantly more women involved in the Chick Track version of D&D than the real life. Really? Man, that's cool. Have you ever uh, read any of these uh, little tracts or anything like that? Nope. I have zero idea what you're speaking of. They look like little booklets, you know? They look look like little comic booklets or coupon booklets, and they have uh, cartoons of things befalling people who are not religious, and then some information about religion. Perils of homosexuality, Dungeons and Dragons. All the things that church people are against. Heavy metal music is, is one. Heroin, drugs, pregnan- yeah, alcohol. Drugs and pregnancy and stuff like that. Oh, man. Condoms. Condoms are bad? Crazy. <laughs> That's your mantra, not mine. <laughs> Gosh, who could change their religion based on a pamphlet? Or someone coming to the door. I'd be like, what? No, get out of here. Yeah, that one always seemed weird to me. Yeah. Maybe if it's like a really lonely person. Yeah. Well, that's obviously their bread and butter, is lonely people that will invite them in. Well, that just yeah. seems predatory. Of the church or of the lonely person? Depends, I guess. Yeah, could go either way. I can't believe there isn't some dumb horror movie about this very premise. I'm sure there is. True. There are at least a dozen porns about it. Really? Yeah. Oh, gay, gay, like Mormon missionaries Mormons? getting seduced? That's yeah, like... people love that. Really? I'm pretty of, sure there's like a studio dedicated to this. Yeah. Because of their Mormon outfits? Yeah. What's the Mormon outfit? It's uh, the union suity type thing. It's like a white dress shirt with a tie. Or a white short sleeve dress shirt with a tie. I think the porn fetish is for the, the, under, the Mormon underclothes, the kind of silky... Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Vestiments? Sure. I think so. I don't know. Are Mormons aren't be- into being gay? Is that the thing? Generally no. not. What if they were and they let you have four husbands? Then would you be into <laughs> it? Yes. No? Well, no. kind of all the other crazy beliefs. What other crazy yeah. beliefs? TBH uh, a loving God? They I, believe in that? I, well, a personal God, anyway. Yeah. I feel like I have enough people already as is, you know? Yeah, without your Mormon... That's the other thing. They seem like a unattractive lot, sort of. No? I don't know. I've known some attractive-looking Mormons. I guess it's the outfit that throws me, because they look like anyone that looks, like, dressed in the Dilbert collection. I'm just like, uh, <laughs> not sexy. I knew a few Mormons in high school that were attractive. True. But they look like regular people in high school. No? Still friends with them on Facebook. I think they don't, like, fully crystallize as Mormons until afterwards. Right? <laughs> yeah. One of them did get much more Mormon after high school, but... Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I met some Mormons in Arizona, and one of them, you know, she was like my age, introduced like her child who was like 19 or 20, and his wife. And then she was like, oh yeah, we don't have sex before marriage, so lots of Mormons get married young. And I was like, I can't believe that this woman just said that to me about her like child and wife who are just sitting right there. I know? mean, Mormons in high school said that. Like, Isn't that so And awkward? their parents, like. Imagine if you had to get married to have sex. So weird. <laughs> I yeah. wouldn't be against that as long as annulments were pretty easy. Oh, it's <laughs> great. <laughs> I'm on my 48th husband. <laughs> right now. Uh, that's <laughs> you, what he said should be, be a thing. I like that better. That's what he said? Yeah. Yeah, so which would you rather have then? A religious person or uh, like a goofy old-timey kind of like office, you know? For what? For being stuck in an office with. Oh, I don't know. Religion always makes me tense. Like, I work with people who are religious and awesome, right? And then, but you don't know if that's going to be the case. So, like, if they mm-hmm. mention, like, church service last weekend, I'm always like, side eye? Yeah. yeah. How is this going to go? Because it has gone both ways, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, like, the person who got me hired at my current company was awesome and i appreciate them and it's led to an awesome job and career and i'm very grateful for them i do not know if they would have taken that chance on me if they knew i was gay (laughs) weird yeah what's the most hateful religion is that a thing we can say is it inappropriate to ask that question a little bit maybe there are a lot of uh islamic countries that are uh, very strict on their rules fell for for the bait he he went for it he went for it islamophobic jackass Uh, also uh, catholicism in mexico is like pretty bad towards women tbh and uh, gay people in mexico often quote that uh society is their biggest challenge that they have to overcome in their everyday lives because for sure gosh but everything's awful in mexico right yeah Mm. all right let's talk about something fun for a second let's talk about drag race so much drag race has happened right did you guys like all stars the most recent all stars yes Yeah. yeah i thought it was okay here's the thing they're just running out of all stars is the thing because like we just rewatched season two as well of all stars and that season everyone was a big name you know you're saying the well is running dry yeah and who can be considered an all-star yeah can you name all of the all-stars in the most recent season i can but what percentage of queens are all-stars 20 at this point at least no, 50 50 really that can't be there's been 100 queens and only like three all-stars there's been five All-Stars. There's been five seasons of All-Stars? Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Oh, gosh. So half of them have been All-Stars almost? Yeah. The All-Star seasons are a little bit smaller, and there have already been repeats. Like, Jujubee has been on there twice. Yeah. Alexis has been on there twice. I can't believe Jujubee didn't go further this year. Yeah. No? Yeah. That was the shock for me of this All-Star season. Yeah. And Derek Barry, first out. I just not seen that. That was rough. <laughs> I didn't expect that. But, yeah. Um, I don't know. Kind of fun to kick some dirt in Derek Barry's face, though, no? (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, but that's that's why you go to a Vegas show. Yeah. Uh, Vegas shows, I guess Vegas and things like that can't exist anymore because of the virus, right? Yeah. Yeah. Man, oh, man. I heard uh, Medieval Times is opening, like, a giant open-air, like, beer festival type thing to try and survive. (laughs) No. Things like Medieval Times, sometimes I don't understand how they do survive anyway. You know, is it affordable enough that it's packed every night? I've never been, so I don't know. But the people who've been there have told me that it's 
fairly crowded and exciting. I went once. It was like a goofy going away party for an adult, you know? And I just went because I'd never been before and I was invited. And I was like, it was fine. By fine, I mean like it was a thing. I wasn't like, wow, the gallantry, you know? <laughs> but I feel like it's... <laughs> I think it's kind of modeled after a pandemic. Like everyone wants to go there once. So when it starts getting popular, it spreads real fast. And then once everyone's been there before, it kind of dies off again. <laughs> Have you ever been, Leo? Mm-mm. No. Have you ever been to a theme restaurant of any sort? I don't know what you were talking about before. Medieval times is that? Oh, yeah. I've been to medieval times one time. Have you really? Yeah. <laughs> I went because one of my cousins loves it. Like, And he was in town from North Carolina or so, somewhere over there. And we went. And what it was, was it weird. Like? You just like eat with your hands and like you see people jousting and like they pick a winner right i liked the medieval times scene in the movie cable guy which is a you've not seen it i think i haven't seen cable guy Mm -mm. i think it's a really good movie it's a ben stiller movie and ben stiller and jim carrey's in it and i think it's one of those movies that what's the opposite of an all-star cast (laughs) no star cast right i guess they're stars but Uh, yeah you think jim carrey's box office poison no i don't think he's box office poison but you think he's regular poison who happens to be a box office draw yeah exactly (laughs) no offense yeah no i mean to offend you could you imagine jim carrey right now is like on his stationary bicycle being like those sons of bitches (laughs) throws his walkman what do people listen to podcasts on he throws his ipod down phone he throws his phone down Who knows? Well, he's a celebrity, though, so he probably has some sort of, like, iPod chip implanted in his brain. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I did think the cable guy was good, and that scene was good. You know what Jim Carrey movie is suddenly very relevant? Um, The Mask. Ah, oh, wait, why? <laughs> Pandemic, Mask. Ah. Oh. Yeah. Was that the one where he was, like, half his face was messed up? No. <laughs> There's a couple cinema fans out there that really appreciated that joke. I'll tell you later. Okay. Yeah, we've all seen The Phantom of the Opera. No, that's not that. The movie I'm talking about. What do we think of this? There's been lots of stuff happening lately with social upheaval and stuff like that. Do you think it's good or bad? Or where on the line do you think it lands? Leo, you're the youngest person. Do you want to handle this first? Well, you're referring, I assume, to the most recent series of Real Housewives of Atlanta. Wait, what? No, I'm talking about, like, Black Lives Matter and uh, everything that's happening. People getting canceled. What do you think of it, Leo, as a young person? I think the upheaval is good because it's drawing awareness to problems in the system that we live in but ultimately i don't think it's gonna make much of a difference because it hasn't before and right now it's a very difficult time to hold things because of this ongoing pandemic so it's hard to get things moving i guess part of me is scared that it's going to be one of those things where lots of people take the fall but nothing really changes you know like right now they're going after ellen queer icon ellen is in the news have you heard this nope everyone's like she's not a nice person she's so mean this and that and part of me is like well first off she's a comedian which all comedians are not jerks and not like you know have you know issues where they need attention but sort of you know and she's also like this powerful woman who works in show business and like she is basically being herself as a 24-hour day like company or corporation that lots of people work for and so you could see how it'd be stressful some of the things that i've read online i'm like this seems a bit bizarre someone claimed that one of her servers had a chipped nail and she tried to convince the management to fire her and i was like that story seems like it's lacking some details no i could see if she found like a press on nail in her salad she might be like this server's disgusting i think i might be a little confused by the premise 
have a lot of Black Lives Matter people been holding up signs about firing Ellen? <laughs> no, I was just talking about social upheaval and cancel culture together. Not necessarily that this is a Black Lives Matter issue with Ellen. Got it. You know, man, imagine if Ellen were racist, if that's what everyone were freaking out about. Here's the thing about some of the like new cancel culture thing. A lot of these people are so virulent and it seems like they sometimes are unaware that things existed in the past and that there's a reason. It's not because I want to keep statues of confederate idiots. It's just because it seems like sometimes people want to erase bad things from the past without thinking about it. Someone on Twitter mentioned Judy Garland and someone responded with a still from the movie she did where she was in blackface. But I think that movie came out in the 30s and she was a little girl. And I was like, I'm not saying it's okay, but I'm just saying she was a little girl who like basically lived at a studio and was like working full time her entire life. And it was a different time. You can't be like, you like Judy Garland, but she's a monster who did blackface. It's like she, when she was a little girl, they dressed her up every single day to make her do ridiculous things. You know what I mean? Some of them turns out were racist and horrible, but many movies were terrible, you know? And there's been a big movement to cancel the dead Judy Garland? It's not that there's been a movement to cancel the dead Judy Garland. It's just that when I see that on Twitter and I see some like 19 year old on Twitter being like, just so you know who your like legend is. And I'm just like, I don't think they realize how ridiculous that is. Yeah, I agree context matters, but I also think context matters. There are going to be dumb 19 year olds saying dumb things. That's what 19 year olds do. Right, Leo? (laughs) What? Yeah. But I think largely the targeting has been appropriate. I think that in many ways it's been good, but also I think some of it, some of it I'm just like, this seems like they're grasping and reaching. And again, it's not because I think poor Ellen should be saved. One of the stories was like when Ellen was in her 20s or 20, the son of like one of the bosses would come into work in the like office and that she would call him fat and ugly and stupid and like constantly give him a hard time. And I was like, that seems a bit like far-fetched and i don't know what you know what the whole story is do you think there's any acceptable way which you do that where she was just kind of like teasing him and also where she was like well and also like this person's boss was like like this person's parent was my boss and they were horrible to me so i was taking it out on like the only way i could or what i think it's conceivable that she thought of them as more of a, a friend they could joke with because of the relationship with their parents and was maybe less guarded about interaction, but also was maybe a little bit casually cruel and did not realize the power imbalance. I could see that being a plausible explanation, but not a particularly good one. But the power imbalance is the child was more powerful. The child was the child of Ellen's superior. And Ellen's superior was going to fire Ellen for mistreating his son? But Ellen was a nobody at this point. Oh, okay. You know, it's I, not like Ellen... I didn't... I thought that was no, no, newish. No, Ellen was 20. This happened like 30 some odd years ago, 40 years ago. Then erase everything I said that's yeah. not relevant. Yeah, because it's like Ellen wasn't the one in charge. Ellen was like the low man on the totem pole. If anything, I was like, she probably thought that she was like palling around with him a little bit. And lots of people, you know, like I was chubby and lots of people said things that I'm sure they thought were like fun jokes that were like, not that they hurt my feelings, but I was like, it's kind of weird to like talk about a little kid's body, you know, and being like, what's up, chubbo? Unless they're really, like, chubby. <laughs> what do you think? Leo's a chubby youngster. What do you think? Um, you yeah. don't know anything about Ellen, right? Mm-mm. You know she's gay, though, right? Yeah. Portia is the one I really feel bad for. Maybe if Ellen loses all her money, she'll go back to acting, make another season of Better Off Ted. Mm. Ooh. That'd be great. Better Off Ted was such a great show. Cancel Ellen. Better Off Ted season three. You heard it here <laughs> first. One time I saw... Ellen and Portia in a furniture store that I like and Ellen was like sitting in a swivel chair and she turned around and we locked eyes 
and she smiled at me and I smiled at her but I did like my little kids like a smile I used to do when I was a little kid where I just sort of bare my teeth and she looked horrified (laughs) (laughs) and I thought that that was pretty great you know but, but now that I think about it, I'm like, was she trying to make me feel badly for my smile with that look she gave me? <laughs> she doesn't know that I don't actually smile that way. <laughs> uh, yeah. So is there someone that you think will be canceled that shouldn't be? Sometimes there's people that I'm like, how have they not come for such and such a person yet? You know? Yeah, I'm sure there will be an overreach. I'm sure it's already been used politically to try and get people canceled, but... It's weird because it seems like with the Harvey Weinstein thing, I read this one article, and he obviously is guilty of rape, you know? Mm -hmm. But I read this one article where he was like, I can't believe this is happening. This is America. I didn't do these things. Because he doesn't feel that, you know, in his mind, many people who do these things, in their mind, they don't think they've done anything wrong. He doesn't think he's a rapist. He just thinks that he was a powerful person with access and that women slept with him because of that. You know? Yeah, power is the ultimate aphrodisiac is his interpretation of his rapes. Yeah, but then when you hear those stories, I'm like, oh, he definitely has problems, you know? He'd be, like, jacking off into, like, a potted plant in meetings and stuff like that, and you'd be like, what is going on with this person? Because to me, I'm like, that doesn't even seem like enjoyable sex. That seems like pathological need to release, you know? I think it's just, like, if no one calls you out, if you're powerful enough and there are no consequences to your actions, you forget about it. Like, if I were powerful enough that I could just stop wearing clothes at the office, I probably would do that. <laughs> like, you know, if there were truly never ever going to be any consequences, man, I would be in my underwear at the office. So you'd still wear underwear? Just on the way in. Once I got in, you know, I'd nude <laughs> up, you know? But there are people around me, and even if there weren't consequences, I would care about their comfort but i can imagine getting to a level of power where you forget that there could ever be consequences and the people around you are people and like yeah i feel like jerking off here who's gonna stop me i guess no okay well although in those cases it seems like those people like that you know like uh who's that comedian like louis ck he would always ask permission if he could masturbate in front of a woman who is at times his uh subordinate right I'm sure that's a thing, too. And I guess in his mind, he was like, well, I asked for permission, so it was fine. And the people around him were like, at least a part of their head, probably to cope, they're like, well, now I have a story. At least it's a story. Yeah, I think a lot of people think of it that way. Although sometimes I'm like, that seems like a more positive way to think about it than to, you know. And again, not the rape, just the masturbating into plants. Yeah, yeah. I don't think anyone who's raped was like, at least it's a story. (laughs) Oh, jeez. Good grief. Yeah. What do you think, Leo? Is cancel culture going to go too far? You just think it's not going to do it too much? It's not going to do enough? I don't think it's going to do enough. Hmm. Do you both think that Donald Trump will win in 2020? Yes. Whoa. I edited out no sound, no dead space right there. Leo said yes so fast. Why? Because he he's an incumbent president. That's always going for him. His supporters have... Worked well for Carter. He didn't win twice? No, just once? Okay. H.W. Bush. But it's worked wonderfully for literally, like, the majority of presidents. And, like, his supporters still like him. And, like, he's been... Like, it's a time of crisis where people are more inclined to go along with him. And... Well, what about this? Do you think it's more likely that he wins in a legitimate election... Do you think that the election will be fraudulent or do you think that he'd make some sort of ultimate power grab and be like, there's a pandemic, we can't vote, we have to delay, this and that? That is something that the election is 100% going to be fraudulent. Like, he's going to do everything in his power to get people to 
let less people to vote, Fewer. especially in... Do you uh, think all elections are fraudulent? Not necessarily. The first one was, the first time one where he was elected was definitely fraudulent, and the fraud was discovered later on, like how certain districts were disenfranchised that could have made a difference in the election, and like it... Disenfranchising voters is the American way. Yeah. Yeah, like I don't think that's fraud, whereas lots of the voting machines are made by Republic, by people who are famously Republican. That seems dicey to me. No? No. I wish we all had some sort of like electronic tag. Like there was like an American website where everyone had like a page and stuff like that. And that's how you'd vote. And you could constantly be updating. Like you'd be like, oh, I'm for abortion, you know? And like you'd check your box and then like you might have some sort of like thing later, turn happens later. And you'd be like, you know what? I'm against abortion now. And you'd update your profile. As someone who works in tech support, that sounds horrifying. What about it? For everything. Wow. What kind of password do you think people will use? I specifically have to tell people several times a day to not tell me their passwords. Hmm. And sometimes I don't say it fast enough. What if and these were... are teachers who have oh. at least bachelor's degrees. Well, what if there's like... <laughs> some sort of specialized government building that you go in, you have to have ID and some sort of maybe biometric entry. And that you can, seems and like you disenfranchisement. Can, but we make everyone do it. Even people in remote places? Yeah, of course. We'll just bust them into the cities. Or someone could go around, like there could be like enumerators for the census. You could go around, but also you could be like, oh, and I'm updating your America profile. You think it would work, Leo? No. Could be a cool idea, though. Yeah. Course. What do you think the people who are like all about their like rights and like this and that? First off, I think it's weird that they always want to be like, but women can't have abortions and this and that. But what do you think will happen with the virus if a vaccine comes out? Will the anti vaxxers refuse to get it? Yeah. <laughs> if an article comes out quickly enough that promotes any negative ideas towards a vaccine, which it likely will, yeah, then yeah. Do you think it would get to the point where the virus would be so intense and virulent that the government would be like, all people must be vaccinated or must no. know that? Because Trump happen. is going to be president and he's going to be like, people have the right to choose. I guess. I mean, either Trump's going to be president and he won't do it or a different Republican, same difference. Huh. Or a Democrat will be president and they won't want to do it because there'll be so much more pushback for them doing it. You'd have to get a principled Republican, which... I don't ever think was a real thing. Like, the people talk up McCain and Romney, and sure, there is some benefit in their slight bipartisan leanings in that they don't seem as radical and could do things like get everyone vaccinated or something maybe, but pretending that they were not I purveyors think, of awful, terrible policy is also yeah. absurd. I think the thing that would most blow anti-vaxxers' minds if they made a vaccine against autism because they'd be like, but we've been saying that vaccines cause autism. So I think that would really confuse them. Yeah. I guess this would be fine if all the anti-vaxxers were like, we refused to get it. And then they all died. Everyone else would be like, we told you so. No, I know that's not how it works. Mm -hmm. But I'm just saying. Yeah. I mean, didn't Herman Cain just die? He did. Herman Cain died like a week or two ago from before this recording. And he was a famous Republican who tweeted, we've had enough. We're not going to be wearing masks at this Trump rally. And two weeks later was dead, right? A month later, yeah. Was two it? weeks later, he came down with the virus. Oh, and went to the hospital. And, yeah. His aides say that he contracted it elsewhere, but it doesn't really matter. 
Yeah. Yeah, why would you care where... I guess that's the thing, like, Trump... It's a really perfect story if he got it at the rally. Yeah. But I don't think it really matters one way or another yeah. because the same behavior, it doesn't matter if he got it in Tulsa or if he got it in Washington, D.C. Yeah. I mean, it does for the people around him in yeah. those places. <laughs> True. What about this? What do you think about... This is just based off of the whole cancel culture, whatever that we were talking about before. What do you think about word policing? Just because I think that that's such a strange manifestation of people's like ideas, you know, where they don't want you to say certain things. I'm older. Sometimes I'll say things that just slip out. The other day we were talking about sitting crisscross and I called it Indian style. And I was like kind of joking because when I remember I call it Native American style as a goof. But it's just like the whole sort of, I get that, you know, it's weird to use these terms. But there are sometimes, I saw this one list going by on Twitter or Instagram and they're like, do not use these words. And they said, you can use these words or phrases. I'll tell them to you and you guys tell me how inappropriate it is for one to use them, right? And let's say zero, completely fine. And like five, like one should never say it. Ready? Okay. Off the reservation. I, I would never say that. You'd never say that. Yeah. Okay. I'm reserving five for something exceptionally serious. I'm obviously it's not going to be like the N word or you know what I mean? It's like phrases. So like, because off the reservation, I was like, you know, that seems more like a business person thing to say being like, well, really? I mean, so is open the kimono, but that's also pretty racist. Also misogynistic. You know, it's one of those good twofers. But what does that phrase mean? Just like open, open your books, be honest, put your cards on the table. And open the kimono means like peek and see a person naked. Because men wear kimonos as well, right? It's mostly women. I think the business connotation is a woman. Gotcha. So where does open the kimono land from zero to five? I'm still saving five just in case, so So I'm going to go with four. All right. Leo? The thing with these things is that just like, I feel like I wouldn't be in a situation where I would want to say them or be able to say them at all. One not, I wasn't saying how likely are you to say it, like one of those phone surveys. My numbers would be much lower. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, James works in customer service. And so I have such a soft spot in my heart because sometimes I have a horrible situation with customer service and they ask me about it later and I'm like, if I don't give this person perfect grades, like they're going to get like dinged by their boss and so which is my pet peeve if you're only going to be treating the survey as like a binary yes or no only give them a binary answer thumbs up or thumbs down because that's all they counted as right not quite a lot of them do the um net promoter scores which you know is a a nine and ten is a plus one and the zero through five is a negative one and a zero is anything else but the zeros are still penalties they bring down your score so it could be okay to give someone a nine out of ten someone told me one time and i think it was at a fast food place or something like that but they were like if it's not a five i basically get in trouble for anything that's not a five and i was like that's rough yeah yeah it's it brings down your score and i had a it often goes up to the rolls up to the manager because they're responsible for the store average and then i had a situation with customer service recently where i got a pair of shoes and they were smaller than they should be because every other shoe from this company in this size fits except for this one. And I was like, do you think that maybe there's a labeling issue or this particular run? And the person was like, I can send you some balm if you want, you know, for the shoes. I was like, I don't know if they think I'm a scammer or something, but I took a photo next to another pair of shoes, like same company and same size. And they were like half an inch shorter. And I felt like being like, do you think the balm will make them grow half an inch? But I didn't <laughs> want to be a jerk. And I was just like, I think it might be beyond balm. 
Balm, I think it might be a labeling issue. And they sent me one size bigger and they fit. And I was like, this entire line was obviously mislabeled because it's a standard size. Anyway, but still they sent me like the, uh, how did that person do survey? And even though they seemed like so uninterested in helping me like three or four times in a row, and like didn't believe me, I still gave them a perfect rating because I was like, oh, but if someone gave James a bad score and when I got what I wanted at the end, even though it was like, I had to keep suggesting things, but whatever. All right, what about this one? Powwow, zero to five. We're gonna go have a powwow in the meeting. We're mm-hmm. gonna have a powwow in the conference room. Still probably a four. A four? James is a good guy. He's probably gonna give all of these a four. Yeah, I feel like rating them is a little inappropriate, but eh. But the thing is, I guess I was- I'll see what the other examples are. I but... was setting this up because the next one is the one that I truly have a problem with. Because I'll say that I i don't recall saying off the reservation. The I word? What's the I word? Oh, engine? The I word? <laughs> no, it's it's that word is just funny in itself. And obviously when I say funny, I mean because it's so wrapped up with ideas of a colonial like lack of savvy like they thought they were in india you know anyway the next one is spirit animal and i was like i don't find spirit animal offensive and i don't think it's exclusively a native american thing because i often will ask what people what their spirit animal is and this post was like if you do that like you're fucked like you're messed up and like there's something wrong with you like you're taking this thing like not seriously and i'm like the people that i ask that have one take it seriously it's not like a thing where they're like uh you know like it's a goof or maybe they hadn't been asked before but i think lots of the people that i ask are people that are like have a certain connection with the theories and feelings behind what that would mean you know not making fun of native american culture I don't think, I haven't read this post, so I don't know for sure, but I don't think you're necessarily making fun of Native American culture. I think you're just ripping it out of context in a way that might be offensive. So you think think it's wrong? I think it would be better to ask, what's your fursona? (laughs) As someone who's very, as smoothie into furries, I understand why it makes sense, but also why it's worlds apart. What about you, Leo? Spirit animal? Is that a fate Um, offensive? The thing is, it's not worlds apart for someone you ask. Like... (laughs) <laughs> for us it's yeah. we understand it the same way as spirit animal but for other people they have very different connotations because one is very special to them in their culture yeah but like we can't... and if it makes no difference to us then why yeah. not ask the one that's not offensive but i think that people when they hear fursona would think that it's wrapped up with an idea of the sexiness of an animal which to me starts where i'm like but you're Okay. Well, to me, I'd feel like if someone asked me about my fursona or my interests in like whatever, I think they'd be like, oh, I, I think I'm a cat boy and I like, you know, wolf men or whatever, as opposed to being like, this is how I view the philosophical similarities between myself and this animal or whatever. Which animal are you most like? The Alcalapia. <laughs> What's cat, my? Because you're barbed penis. <laughs> I, I, my spirit animal, I'd always say it was like a goat, you know? Yeah, that's true. And I don't think that the... See, that's the thing. I don't think there's anything weird with that. That being said, obviously, there's... Like, you know, we still in our fridge have a... Lando Lakes. Lando Lakes racist butter package with uh, the Native American lady on it. Yeah, I'm still rating it a four because at least we don't have, you know, an actual Native American in there. True. One thing that I thought was funny, and when I say funny, I don't mean ha-ha. Sometimes I'm just like, the curiousness of it 
someone was like, I can't believe Lando Lakes is changing their packaging. That's it for me. I'm not buying Lando Lakes anymore. And I was like, I like the way Lando Lakes tastes, but I'd never thought that this old timey packaging added to the flavor and they got rid of it. I haven't bought it, but only because it hasn't been on sale. I buy whichever butter's on sale of the butters that I like. I haven't noticed different brands of butter, but I don't also go butter shopping, so. Oh, some are really good. I think Lando Lakes is good. The salted Lando Lakes is really great on like bread and stuff like that. It's really tasty. But again, it's not because of their racist packaging or anything like that. What about the Trader Joe's things? People started a petition about the Trader Joe's food names. Yeah, I always thought that was kind of... I thought that Trader Jose's wasn't offensive, but I thought that Trader Ming's was offensive because I was like, Jose at least is like Joe in Spanish or whatever, whereas Ming is just sounds like an Asian name. If Trader Jose was like their brand name and it was a, you know, a product developed for Mexico that they were also selling in these stores, I would not find it offensive, but that is, that's not the case. So you think the fact that they were using kind of, even though they were like doing it jokingly, like this is our name in Spanish. What about you, Leo, as a Mexican? I I haven't heard uh, about this. Can can you explain? Well, Trader Joe's has a bunch of products that they sell under like Trader Joe's, you know? Yeah, like their own products. Chocolate covered espresso beans Mm -hmm. or Trader Joe's. And sometimes when those products are specific to a certain group, they'll, I forget what it was for Trader Jose's. It was like, Refried beans or something. I something think. like that. Like refried beans. Mm. Instead of saying Trader Joe's, it would say Trader Jose. And then there was like frozen orange, orange chicken. chicken. And it's called Trader Ming's. Okay. Yeah. Um, it does seem a little bit problematic because you're just like changing it to like a Latin name to like make it like seem like it's not sold by like a massive company sold by white people. Yeah, you know? it's it's an insidery joke. It's, you know, for white people by white people. Very yeah. should be in front of both of those instances of white. <laughs> yeah. What's the whitest store to shop at? Trader Joe's? Whole Foods? Clan Kitchen? I don't know. <laughs> oh, my God. I went over my racist uh, food store ideas in another episode, so we can save that. Your pitch in the investor meeting. KK Cake? <laughs> <laughs> KK Cake was one of them, and then there's, oh, and then there's a racist ice cream shop called Scoop Klux Klan. That's a classic. One thing that I think is very funny is when a racist person refers to the Ku Klux Klan as the Ku Klux Klan. I'm like, you're not even good at being a racist. You don't know the name of your own racist organization. Good grief. The thing with the statues being toppled now, basically all the Confederate statues, when I hear about that, I'm like, good. And then when you hear about the ones where they're just kind of like problematic, but not, you know, like Teddy Roosevelt, I'm like, he did other stuff. You know what I mean? Whereas like a Confederate, like that's obviously like they're making some sort of play to make it normal that they did that when like they're actually traitors, right? I think I feel bad when they topple the statue and they take the horse down along with the person. Like the horse wasn't their fault. That's true. Some horse rights group is getting super upset. <laughs> like, can we just leave the horses up and, like, without a person? I think that's even a better symbol of taking the statue down. I think that would be great, yeah. yeah. But they're usually cast together, probably, yeah. right? So it's more work. Yeah. My we'll fav- make racists yeah. do it. My favorite thing about horse statues is the feet thing. Everyone knows the feet thing, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. A different yeah. number of feet on the ground means... Yeah. One foot up means they got wounded in battle. Rearing on both legs two feet up means they died in battle. What about three feet up? Three feet up? That's like dressage, tap dancing, <laughs> horse, or whatever. Four feet up is for anyone who owns a Pegasus? <laughs> for three and four feet up, I imagine they're wearing a top hat. You know. Four feet up means Magneto was attacking. <laughs> yeah. 
Have you ever been on a horse? Yeah. I, I think I've been around horses, but I don't have a memory of specifically being on a horse because we owned a horse when I was in, in Mexico and we had a farm. Can you ever really own a horse? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I've definitely ridden a donkey. I've ridden animals like that, but never in any like sort of... In, Sexual way? And, and never in sort of any sort of exciting way. It's always like <laughs> yeah. a, where you know it's a kindly horse that's not going to go crazy. Because, you yeah. know, they obviously have some wild horses where you're riding at some place. And they have places where you can ride horses because they're nice to ride, yeah. you know. And that's the situation I've been I think I've been on I've horses, never, donkeys. I've been on a strange horse. Yeah, I've been on horses, donkeys, camels, elephants, and always the kind where their job is to, you know what I mean? That's the thing. They're like, oh, we're just going someplace with you. Not like, oh, I, I tamed this wild horse. <laughs> That's heroin? <laughs> I wish. Oh, have you done heroin? Oh, you've got to try heroin. <laughs> Tame that wild horse. Heroin. <laughs> but there's one other thing that I thought we should mention. The Trump administration was doing a thing. James, you're probably better explaining this. That if gay men are compared against gay women, that that's not discrimination. Oh, that was in the gay cake case in the Supreme Court. I think that was um, part of Alito's opinion. And so the thinking is that, like, if you'd fire a man for marrying a man. Yeah, that's slightly different. The Alito thing was in the gay cake case. He argued that there was no discrimination there because the gay couple's mother came in trying to buy that same cake with the, you know, gay couple on it. Actually, no, I don't think it had anything particularly, just for the same gay wedding. And he refused. And so Alito said, see, the mother is straight. He wouldn't sell that cake to a straight person. He wouldn't sell that cake to a gay person. Therefore, they're not discriminating based on sexuality. That wasn't the opinion. That was the dissent. I know that. Sorry. Based on that, there was something I read recently where it was a wedding photographer and they were taking him to court because he refused to do a gay wedding and part of me my thought is always like why would you demand to hire someone who hates you like i don't think that the cake would be delicious and i don't think that those photos would be beautiful if i knew that the person doing it hated me in some weird way taking a stand against service discrimination because it's awful and it's a the thin end of a political wedge that's being driven in to separate gay people from public life i guess it's i feel like if this cake shop first off and i've always laughed about this you cannot call someone else gay when you make fancy cakes for a living god i want to go bash that guy right now just kidding But I feel like part of it is like, I get that there's not a lot of wedding cake options if you live like in the middle of nowhere. But also, if I lived in the middle of nowhere, there was only one place to get a wedding cake. And someone was like, that place hates XYZ. Like, and whatever it is, obviously gay is the one that seems most reasonable to refuse. Because imagine if that, imagine if that cake shop had been like, oh, we refuse to put a black groom and a white bride on top of this cake because I don't believe that the races should mix, you know? Because like miscegenation isn't a very popular topic to, to, to be on. But I'd be like, I feel like quickly the word would spread that it's a hateful place and their business would suffer, you know? You just said they're the only cake shop for quite a while around. I'd make my, that's the thing. If they're the only cake shop for a while around and I know they're hateful, I don't need a cake that bad or I don't need them to make a cake. How rigid are these weddings? And you need a cake maker specifically. I think big weddings are dumb. But I think you have a right to have the big dumb wedding that you can afford. And if you want a big dumb cake, you should be able to get it from your local cake shop. 
I guess. I mean, of course I agree with you, but I'm just saying I don't understand how these people that take these quote-unquote stances don't instantly suffer, you know? A lot of them have gotten support and donations from their communities for standing up to gay rights. jeez, that's bad. Yeah. The photographer was like, I'm an art photographer. Well, yeah, that's that's the thin end of the wedge, literally. Like, they're saying that there is art and expression involved yeah. they're trying to use the first amendment instead of relying on something like the rfa or huh. but kind of lost a lot of that battle already i mean it was great that the employment discrimination got through and that, i think that was the other part you were talking about it was just a great textualist argument that one over five justices that's just all it had to do hmm. that's six because roberts joined i don't think he was one over i think he just didn't want it to have it be a five four argument yeah and it's a great argument. You know that one, right? If you would fire a man for getting married for being gay, you're essentially firing them for having sex with men, which is behavior you are not firing a woman for. Uh, true. If you are firing a transgender woman for wearing a dress, who else are you firing for wearing a dress? You are doing that based on their perceived gender. Yeah. So that's gender discrimination. And it's inextricable. You can't take a look at sexuality or anything else on the queer spectrum without Mm. discriminating based on gender. And that's been an argument around since the 90s is the first I think I saw it. And it finally won out. And (laughs) people, Republicans really liked textualists because they thought that went their way. But get our crafty gay minds. We're good with word games. (laughs) My crafty games. (laughs) And hey, we won out. Yeah. I guess. All right. I mean, not really because of all the other decisions that went on this hmm. this last session. The religious freedom angle is going to just keep growing. Just talking again about, like, the the election coming up, so you're talking about, like, these laws and stuff like that. What if, because of Donald Trump, things swung really hard to the other side and, like, everything was democratic and obviously just, I mean, like, as the next power change, but then things started to move more over, you know? Would that have been worth it? Like, we had to hit rock bottom with Donald Trump? Worth it is hard. Like, Mm -mm. no. Absolutely not. Because thousands of people died and are still dying because of the incompetence of the current legislation. So nothing would ever be worth the lives that could have been saved by a more adequate management of such a serious situation. You're talking specifically vis-a-vis the pandemic? Vis-a-vis the pandemic. I mean, that's a good point. If Gore had been president instead of Bush, we would not be in Iraq and Afghanistan. We would not, we would have acted on global warming. There is lots of stuff that would have gone differently. At the same time, I liked uh, that episode of The Good Fight, the first one of this most recent season, where what if Hillary won? Yeah. And things were much better in many, many ways. The pandemic wasn't one of them yet, but (laughs) that would have been one of them. But at the same time, like the Me Too movement would have happened the same way because just wouldn't have. And I think they made a good point. Like, if you've got a moderate Democrat in power, you're going to have people pushing for like, hey, like, not right now, settle down. Yeah, We'll make some modest... Which is, you know, one of the things I liked about Clinton was like she got stuff done under the radar for gay people while she was, you know, the State Department, specifically keeping it under the radar so it wouldn't get blowback. And I'm like, hey, she can work in the system and make solid gains. That's cool. And I think maybe bigger gains could be made in a more revolutionary context, but that's a different type of danger. You know, I was talking with Lewis about Trump and whatever. And first of all, he didn't vote, I don't think, because I think he doesn't vote. But he would have voted for Trump, and he still supports Trump. And hearing him talk about Hillary Clinton was so funny, because he kept on being like, she's a war criminal. 
She's a war criminal. She's the most corrupt person. And he kept on calling her the most corrupt person. And I was like, but do you think that Trump is an honest person or honest businessman? And he conceded that he wasn't. But then he kept calling her a war criminal. And I was like, I don't know what he knows that I don't know, but she doesn't seem more of a war criminal than like many others in that group, you know? For sure. Because now that Trump is like, had people killed, is he a war criminal? I mean, yes. When you think of war criminal, which American do you think of first? Henry Kissinger. Me too. <laughs> I think everyone does, right? We're trained to think that Henry Kissinger is a war criminal. I don't know who that is. He's a war criminal. Power is the ultimate aphrodisiac. Yeah, you may know him better as Killinger. <laughs> Henry Kissinger. Yeah, and then who else beyond that? People are always like, Bush lied, thousands died. And I'm always like, I don't know. Sure, he was, he was bad, but I'd trade him even Stevens for Trump. Correlation, causation, you know. <laughs> Here's something, uh, talking about my trading Bush for Trump, even Stevens. I don't. I read this article where Bush read a book about the 1918 Spanish flu epidemic and became obsessed and started up like a pandemic response team and everything like that, which was later, you know, amplified by Obama and then dismantled by Trump two years ago. And I burst into tears because I was like, I can't believe I'm bemoaning that we don't have George Bush in office, you know. Lots of times there's like a person in history who's like widely reviled, but people are like, you know, Nixon opened up trade relations with China. Why do people always say that? I don't, was, I don't know. Well, yeah. I've lived near the Nixon Museum, so I think they put something in the water. Were things so horrible beforehand? Because things don't seem great with China and I don't know much about this stuff, but I was like... Yeah, I mean, there was literally no communication for a while. So weird. George W. Bush, I mean, Giant Nature Reserve, the pandemic preparedness. You know, there are things you can find that were less horrible. And what do you I, think that'll be for Trump? Oh, gosh, I don't know. The thing is, the people, you mean spoken by regular, like, reasonable people. Cause yeah, because like, hmm. I think everyone can agree, like, hey, you know, George W. Bush did well on AIDS in Africa and aid for Africa with some major caveats about, you know, abortion and contraceptives. But generally, I think he's recognized as doing doing good there. Would you be for them saying abortion is illegal if also the state cared for the children no if they were like we provide all your health care you know we'll educate and raise a child but you can't get it aborted no all right would you be for abortion yes okay <laughs> what about you leo yeah i'm i'm for abortion because uh it's... he thinks it should be mandatory <laughs> see do... that nervous laugh yeah. i'm on to him i do think that whenever they say that you know abortion should be legal i'm like but then it should also not there should be more things in place where it wouldn't like you know where the child would be taken care of or what have you obviously i don't think it should be illegal but i'm like people who say that should also i think they should feel you know also, I feel like... What if, if what if they did the opposite of that? Republicans would agree to make abortion legal, but they would cut all benefits to people with kids. They were optional. You didn't need them. You could have aborted them, so we don't have to support them. Hmm. No, I don't think that works either. Although the Republicans would probably make that deal and then renege on the abortion. They'd be like, well, we gave you half of what you wanted. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. so, Leo, do you think that the bottom generates most of the power? Yes. You do? Only yeah. if they're a power bottom. <laughs> you have to be a power bottom? What, in your minds, what defines a power bottom to the both of you? Leo, you go first. Um, basically, like, if you're moving, basically, I, I, I figure that that's enough for me because I... That's powerful. My, my, my approach to this is just, like, not doing anything, I guess. 
Yeah, it's his approach to sex, yeah. So it's lay there and take it, or you're a power bottom. Yeah, that does sound like A-plush slut shaming. (laughs) Lie back and think of England. (laughs) If you move a muscle, you're a slut. (laughs) Or powerful. What defines a power bottom? Sorry, power vagina. (laughs) (laughs) What defines a power bottom for you? Power pussy, it was right there. Ugh. What defines a power bottom? I think someone who says I'm a power bottom. But but besides, you know, self-assessment, what actions are, you know, what would you be like, oh, that's power bottom Saying I'm a power bottom. I mean, have you met a power bottom who didn't introduce themselves that way? (laughs) All right. Yeah. Can you be a virgin and be a power bottom? No. Yeah. (laughs) Trust me. There are dildos. Oh, true. All right. I'm thinking about it. I, I just, I guess for... There's a lot of thought for the statement, <laughs> there are dildos. Huh. Well, I was thinking of how active they would have to be, and I was like, I guess they could have that one that they ride and that they'd be more powerful yeah. that way. Because it seems like less power bottomy if you're banging yourself with a dildo as opposed to if you're riding it yeah. or something. Like, there's ones that stick to a wall. Yeah. And that's how you can generate power. Yeah. By your movement. There's also ones that plug into the wall. Oh, and like they're like a machine that like does things to you. Yeah. Gosh, I almost feel like we should tell this glory hole story. <laughs> yeah, if anyone sees a, a big dick blonde twink in a glory hole video posted recently, let us know we're looking for it. <laughs> and by recently, we mean anytime after August 7th. Yeah. yeah. August 7th, glory hole yeah. bits. He's likely dressed as a clown. At talk sucker and <laughs> tag at. That's it. We're just at talk sucker, I guess. Now. Yeah, we'll forward it on from there. <laughs> power bottom just if they self-assess as power bottom i don't know yeah. i mean i think they self-assess during sex as a power bottom like ah i'm a power bottom <laughs> i've only been with one power bottom and it was in the 30s was it, they were a radio announcer <laughs> too much power <laughs> uh, all right well this was talk sucker uh season three episode 22 you're 22 episodes into season three no we count episodes uh, normally uh, uh, but seasons are broken up yeah you know? that's not normal we didn't say it was <laughs> you did you said you count episodes normally <laughs> well yeah i mean normally they keep going yeah but, um, all right we talked about a lot of stuff but in general would you say people should watch it's always sunny in philadelphia should is a strong word but I really, really don't like it. <laughs> you don't dislike it. That's just the lyric. Yeah. What would you give It's Always Sunny so far? Letter grade, uh, three. Three? Okay. And what about you? Three is my favorite letter. Uh, I, he, that's a, something Lee always does. He always, like, was that out of five, though, or out of ten? I, I was gonna, uh, like, one, two, three. Like, one's the highest. I, it, it's nonsense, but... <laughs> okay. All right. Bye. Should we talk about our favorite problematic media? What does that mean? Favorite media that kind of has problems and is problematic? Sure. What is that? What is it for you? What is it for you? I don't understand the, the thing. You have to start it. You can't okay. start it and throw it to me. I can. Like, what's an example? Well, for me, I think one of my favorite shows is Lex, which oh. I just, I love Lex. It's very weird. It's very campy. Extremely high concept. All things I really love. It's weird space science fiction fantasy thing. It destroys the entire setting every season. By the end of the series, like the last episode, the final character who has not died yet in the series dies. So every character has died and come back. And it's like really kind of cool and neat. I actually heard a rumor that it was like done exquisite corpse style. 
like the writer of one episode didn't know. Interesting. Totally false, but you could totally believe that too. Yeah. That's how weird it is. Right. What's ha- problematic about it? I've never seen it, so I don't know. Like it has some strong female characters, but they're incredibly sexualized. They the three strong female characters all are literally man eaters. <laughs> That's cool. And there is a special place in hell for gay people. Hmm. Like literally, they go to hell. There's a tower there. And it's a lesbian bureaucracy that it seems nightmarish. And they enslave the gay men and force them to construct war balloons. That's cool. Meanwhile, in heaven, there's a special island for straight people to have sex. Where are the other people? I guess that's the thing. In heaven, there are different islands for different activities. Like there's a garden you can hang out in. You can just go wherever you like. If everyone in heaven is straight, then isn't every place in in heaven a place for straight people to have sex? No, there's like an island where like all you do is have sex. Like there are different islands themed about activities. But, like, there's a gender-swapping episode, which is just horrifically offensive. Oh, there's an episode about feminists, where feminist women are fighting against these uh, other women who do essentially, like, space plastic surgery to look really attractive. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of a war on this planet. But it turns out the feminists are all brainwashed by a guy who's really just mad that his ex got hot and left him. The original incel. Yeah, and it's... I'm sure I've traumatically forgotten about many, many worse things. Like, mm-hmm. I cannot recommend it. Yeah. All of the queer-coded characters are evil, or their queerness is paid for laughs. Usually both. Huh. What about you, Leo? Do you have a mm. thing that you like that's uh, problematic? Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Because if you're familiar with Cantinflas, he's like uh, a famous character uh, in, in Mexico, a big actor. He had this animated show where he would, like, do his Cantinflas thing and, like, say a bunch of things, but not say anything while a narrator like walked him through like historical events scientific discoveries and like it would teach you science and like chemistry and stuff but like all the depictions of black people were really really offensive and all the depictions of asian people were really really offensive like looking back at it it was so bad because like one point i wanted to try and show it to my siblings because i felt like they, they didn't know enough nonsense but then like all the depictions were so racist and like problematic that it just like i couldn't do it anymore you you know? Yeah, I guess cartoons from an older era can be pretty clunky and stuff like that. How about Pokemon? Are there gay Pokemon? I, I've talked about this on this podcast before. Not in most of the games, but only in one of the games. That Because gender is not programmed into the game, but some Pokemon are uh, one gender exclusive, there is a move called Attract that makes it so that the Pokemon opposing Pokemon becomes infatuated with you. If a female-only Pokemon does that to a a different female-only Pokemon, it can happen. So yes, but only as a signed oversight. Yeah. (laughs) Just like real life. Hmm. Oh, I know. What's your favorite problematic media? My favorite problematic media? Probably Lando Lake's butter boxes. (laughs) 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 I guess. I don't know. Just because I feel like... Well, like, it's something... Like, I really love Lex, but I will never say, like, you should watch Lex. And, like... Leo really admires that show. It did a lot for him as a kid to get him interested in various science yeah. and history things, but he cannot ever show that to someone he cares about. Yeah. Is there anything that you like have a soft spot for that you're like, ah. Again, it's not stuff that I have a soft spot for. It's stuff that 
I watched maybe when it came out and watching it now, I would be horrified. Like we were talking earlier about 16 Candles Mm -hmm. and I was like, I do think that there's a lot that's sweet and a lot that's funny in 16 Candles. And I also think that there's an Asian character called Long Duck Dong and like a gong sounds every single time they mention his name and he appears on screen. And I Gongs are just never a good sign. (laughs) And I just can't believe that that happened even though it's, you know, a large part of the movie, you know? And so part of me is like, you know, it's not my favorite 80s movie or anything like that, but I think it's in general a sweet movie and things like that. But it's hard to consider it and be like, and long duck dong, gong, yeah. So for me, it's more stuff like that where I'm like, well, it was like a different time, you know? A more racist time. (laughs) I suppose. I'm all for being racist towards people that can't be racist against like Irish people, though. Can one be racist against Irish people? I mean, yeah, but I think you have to be British or at least English. Can we be racist against Irish people? I mean, I'm English. (laughs) What about Italians? Italians can't be racist against the Irish, no. Can there be like Italian anti-defamation? Or no, it's like they should get over their Italian. I would have to hear from an Italian anti-defamation person what kind of stress and struggles this causes them. But I remain skeptical for the time being. Unless, of course... There's something in Europe that I don't know about that's anti-Italian. One time I was talking about, this was with a coworker of my sister, and I was like saying something about Italians, like mentioning that they were Italian, and just teasing Italians, and the guy's like, oh, you don't like Italians? And I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry, you're Italian? No, you would have mentioned it by now. And he like laughed because he wasn't Italian, yeah. But I just goof around about anyone that's constantly mentioning what they are, you know. Italians are high on the list of telling you that they're Italian. Pokemon are like that, too. Pokemon. Pika, Pika, Pikachu. Like, we get it. You identify as a Uh, Pikachu. Italian. (laughs) Is there an Italian Pokemon? Um, Leo always says no when I ask him if there's a specific Pokemon. And then, like, five minutes later, he'll give me, like, he'll be like, well, there's this one guy. His name is the, like, his name is, like, Peppini, and he makes pizzas. And, like, I'll be like, so he's Italian. (laughs) Right. Because one time I was like, is there, like, uh, I forget what it was. Crossing guard? I think a crossing guard, yeah. And you're like, you're like, no. And then five minutes later, you're like, well, there's this one. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, good episode. And I don't know, like part of me sometimes is like, it seems like it's going to end up to just to jump back to like the word policing and like cancel culture. I feel like people will start to like eliminate words because like, I say when I was a substitute teacher and just like in large groups, I use the word gang. I like it because it sounds funny and it's gender in specific, you know? But I fear a future where someone is like, the word gang was designated by white people to like mean like, <laughs> Leonard's looking because of my voice, was like designated by white people to like subjugate like people of color and like make them seem like thugs. And it's like, it was also used for that, not exclusively, you know what I mean? And so that way I'm like, I don't want them to be telling me not to say gang. You know? I agree. I am fully in favor of taking the word police and defunding them and replacing <laughs> them with word social workers. But anyway, like the thing I'm saying is like, I don't want to say anything offensive, but I also don't want that line to be moved underneath my feet with things like gang. You know what I mean? And just that's a, one of the examples that I'm like, I feel like that's something that someone could someday say just because of like how ridiculous Because it's that. true. <laughs> well, the word gang didn't originate just as that. And even if it did originate, like I think gangsters doesn't have to originate that way sure it doesn't have to originate that way but like I think it's really really close-minded and really like myopic to think that if we make people stop saying certain words that they'll stop being hateful 
It's like, no, you're just making sure that someone is able to be policed in that way. Because, like, I feel like in some future where they're like, you shouldn't say gang, there could also be hateful people. Like, the N-word might not exist, but a friend of mine used to say this. Imagine if instead of the actual N-word, people said N-word hatefully. Like, be like, oh, the N-word over there. And, like, it's funny because, like, it's like using this, you know, word... You know, it's using this phrase that signifies a word that you're not supposed to say, but using it hatefully. And, like, I think at the core, the idea that he was making is that, like, a person can say anything hate. It's about changing, like, the fact that they would be, like, thinking those things or, like, having those, like, you know, feelings. I think that's the thing. Where I would just be, like, okay, like, obviously, like, no one... I don't want to be saying anything that's, like, offensive, but also I don't want someone to be, like, you shouldn't say gang. I think the purpose of making it unacceptable to say certain slurs is to make people's lives easier and make it more clear that it is unacceptable to hold those views, I think. Sure. I didn't say slur, though. Obviously, there's not any slur that I'm fighting If you say say N-word with that level of hate and it becomes a common thing, then that's a slur. That's just what a slur is. So something could become a slur that isn't that, that doesn't start off offensively. Yeah, there new yeah. slurs are invented all the time. Interesting. I mean, how many ways are there to offend and speak derogatorily of a queer person? Lots of them. Sure. And you could just by putting like various body parts together and making a rude hand gesture, you could come up with a new slur for gay people. My friend who said that N-word thing hatefully was also like in this proposed future said that gay people would be called left turners. And he's like, God, these left turners, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And it's funny because he says it like so hatefully and it sounds so ridiculous, you know, but as ridiculous as any other story. I thought they were rogue UPS drivers, left turners. Ooh. Is that who aren't allowed to turn left? Left Yeah, they're only allowed to turn right what do you think about what left turning <laughs> you should definitely I, signal i personally hate driving and the worst part i hate about it is turning left so i wouldn't be comfortable with being called a left turner so there's my opinion mm-hmm. yeah with me it's just the fact that i think that the people who are like too keen on and again clearly outside of the range of like slurs you know like just because like i saw this and i was like powwow that's one of the ones where i was like i never really quite thought about it you know because like when people say powwow like i know they're just like using it as a phrase and i don't think that they're mocking like native american ideology or culture or anything that you know there will always be people who are overzealous about a movement and I'm not saying that I agree that powwow is an example of people being overzealous, but I think there will always be people who are overzealous. But I kind of believe in an osmosis version of this. Do we need these people pushing too far and too hard to drag the kind of Overton window to the appropriate place? Like, it's going to be a bell curve and you're going to have crazies on each end. And I don't want the, I want the crazies on the slur end. Yeah, I want us to walk away from that, of course. But the thing is, I think that only a person who is already semi-cares could have their words policed to that extent, you know? Exactly. I think paying too much attention to them is putting pressure in the wrong direction of that curve at the moment. I'm I'm not saying that will always be the case, but I'm saying that's very, very likely the case at the moment. Another thing that I saw about words that one shouldn't say 
said no one should be using these words that like black transgender or you know like it was sort of like black drag queens or black transgender or black culture and some of them i was like sure and then others i was like you like half of these words to to me the list seemed like it was a like hateful white person being like i hate when white people sound like faggy black people you know what i mean because like yas queen was on there and i was like i don't think yas queen was part of anyone's struggle i think it's like kind of like a new gay phrase or whatever and some of them i was like seemed a little bit nitpicky or that seemed like some of them to me are in a gray area like child you know and i was like i guess because a lot of times when people use it they're like isn't it so funny that i'm saying this word that sounds like an older african-american lady would say it and i'm a young white dude or something like that you know what i mean and like or a gay dude and i'm like i get it how it's kind of like weird and stuff like that but the list to me seemed more so like someone who was like i hate when white people sound black like, to me, that's what I read it as. Not as, like, you're, like, diminishing the struggle. Because I don't think anyone... No one's telling me that Yas Queen was part of the struggle. Or is it? <laughs> I think, it, to me, that sounds similar to, like, uh, people using uh, memes, gifts of black people. Almost exclusively black people as reaction sure, memes. Sure. Yeah. That made me uncomfortable. And it wasn't any particular meme that made me uncomfortable. I believe there were a few. But in general, it was just the aggregate usage of it. And now that that has, in my area at least, of the internet subsided substantially, I'm like, oh, now white people just don't use black people anymore. And I don't get to see memes of black people. <laughs> well, that's yeah. an overcorrection. And I think it will balance itself out. But it does need to swing like that a little bit before you get to the right place. A friend recently was like, hey, someone said that they were like house sitting. So I was going to post this like GIF or GIF, whatever they're called. And it was a Saturday Night Live skit where these two dudes are house sitting and the house is horrible. And then they open up a gay bottle of beer and it turns into like a crazy party with like pool boys and stuff like that. And he's like, do you think it's homophobic? He's like, I don't think it's homophobic because I like that skit and I'm just like goofing around. He's like, but I'm worried that people will like be offended and i was like get off facebook that was my response was like don't waste your time on facebook with like this nonsense and like worrying about this and i was like why do you even care i was like i don't find it homophobic and i think that that skit is funny but you know have you seen that skit yeah yeah you like it sure for saturday night live yeah it's good yeah and i was like i don't think it was homophobic i just thought because to me it was making fun of beer commercials because beer commercials imagine that you crack open a beer and suddenly a bunch of like sexy sluts are there and like it's like a hetero like you know fantasy and like this was being like the beer is gay to me i thought that the joke wasn't homophobic it was so much as like these ideas of like commercials and like beer company commercials are so funny for these reasons you know what about you yeah is there a gay beer what's the gayest drink right now cum flavored white claw yeah (laughs) i've only had that two or three times and can't say i was a fan me like cum flavored white claw yeah sadly it's not their worst flavor (laughs) Uh, i think it's their best flavor Ooh, white claw and this episode is brought to you by white claw what is the gayest drink? Human blood? We'll tie it back to vampires at the top of the show. <laughs> <laughs> there was also a Saturday Night Live skit like in the 90s where a vampire, it might have been Dracula, kept asking people questions about their sexual health because of like HIV, like nervousness and stuff like that. And I was like, you know, I don't think that it's homophobic. It wasn't homophobic. They were mostly women and stuff like that. I haven't seen it since it came out. So there might be like a gay dude that Dracula was like not even bothering, you know, and I was like, but I don't remember. 
I do think jokes about HIV funny, hilarious. Obviously, I don't think the jokes about HIV are hilarious, but I'm just saying that's the premise that like he eats blood or whatever. I sometimes I wonder how come HIV hasn't, how come they haven't been able to like control it more? Just because there seems like there are lots of animals that do eat blood and like they must have all the secrets in their DNA for how to like avoid bloodborne illnesses. No? No, I think for that sort of thing is every virus just happens to be able to attach to a particular type of creature and HIV just ended up having becoming one that would attach to us. And so like mosquitoes are like, sure, we might bite HIV yeah. blood, but that's nothing to us. It's yeah. Like, yeah. All right. That's true. Other animals have their own terrifying diseases. Plants yeah. have a lot of scary ones. Well, I was the Tasmanian devils have uh, communicable cancer. Oh, really? Yeah. They bite each other to like communicate. Yeah. Which I thought was just a line in a Douglas Adams book. Turns out it's true. Crazy. And then they'll eat like a bit of the tumor, tumor's growth, and then they'll have that cancer. They found out when they were like doing biopsies to like, and I'm like, why is this DNA doesn't match the, did we mix up the samples? Weird. Oh, all of this cancer is related to each other and not to these. (laughs) The plant thing also, when I was a kid, elm trees were very popular and they almost don't exist now. This episode is brought to you by Dutch elm tree disease. Uh, is the disease Dutch or does it just affect Dutch elms? I think the disease was Dutch. We'd have to look it up. But I think that all sorts of diseases are often given racist names, right? Like syphilis was called like the Spanish disease and the American disease. And, you know, depending on where, depending on who you thought were like the dumb sluts of your neighborhood or your, your world corner is called that, you know? Gosh. I think English should use more hyphens. So, you know, Dutch elm disease is Dutch dash elm or... Dutch elm dash disease. Yeah. I love hyphens. I love well-placed hyphens. All right. Well, this episode was brought to you by hyphens as well. Hyphens from wealthy families. (laughs) All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.